And I went there with just a dream and um, started talking to folks. And I had a badge and all my badges said speaker and at the bottom of it, it was purple. Um, so all the speakers had purple badges. And the buyers, the media buyers, like your Hulus, your Amazons, you know, Netflix, all those folks, they had blue um, badges. So I guess people had been hitting them up the entire time that they were there. So they decided to go ahead and cover up their badges where, and you can only see the blue. So I would literally stand at the bottom of the elevator and wait for someone to come around the corner that had a blue badge. And I would make small talk with them, get them to lower their defenses, jump on the elevator with them and pitch them. I literally did elevator pitches. I probably did 20 a day while I was at Nappy and I was there for three days. And every time I pitched them, um, I would, you know, I would talk to them and they say, hey, so what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a writer. Uh, I, actually, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a graduate student. And they say, oh, OK, what are you working on? And a lot of times, they, you know, they would be on their phone just looking at, you know, what's going on until they got to their floor. And I said, oh, I'm work working on a television pilot called Waking Up White. And I would stop talking. listening to Creative Breakthrough, the podcast that provides you with the strategies to elevate your creative passion to the next level. I'm your host, creative hustler and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassam, aka The Funny Brown Girl. And yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Welcome back to another episode of The Creative Breakthrough. I am your host, Shireen Kassam, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. For those of you who tuning in for the first time, welcome. And for those of you tuning in multiple times, thank you so much for continuing to come back week after week after week. We are having such a great 2020 over here. Last week, I was telling you guys about how I have not set my goals yet for 2020 because I was using the month of January to really just experiment with different creative endeavors and passions and projects to see where I wanted to invest my time. And I did two things over the last two weeks that really helped me step out of my comfort zone. If you don't know me, I am a creative. I am a stand-up comedian. I act. I also do this podcast and I just, I love the creative space. I love writing. I love reading. I love anything that allows me to express myself and share my voice. But over the last couple of months, I've been starting to feel a little sluggish and a little stagnant, and I want to do something in 2020 to kind of help break that up, but I wasn't sure what it is. And if you also know me, while I am a creative and I do have to perform on stage and I enjoy public speaking, I get drained very easily being around people um, and having to talk to people. I can, I'm kind of an introvert where I have this battery and it drains very quickly and then I don't want to do anything. So lately, um, stepping out of my comfort zone has been kind of hard when it comes to meeting people and talking to people. So last week, I actually stepped out of my comfort zone and I went to a meeting called the Florida Women in Film um, meeting. And there was a woman there from LA who came to help us talk through how to brainstorm ideas for storytelling and how to be a better storyteller. Whether you want to write a film script or a book or a novel, she kind of walked us through all these exercises. It was super cool. And again, of course, I made a bunch of excuses why I wasn't going to go because one, it started at six o'clock um, and there was it was just going to be hectic for me to get there by six through traffic and getting out of work and then having to go meet people that I didn't know. And But anyways, I am so glad I went because I met a couple people. I joined a writer's group and I signed up for some workshops and it really just helped me come up with some ideas of what I could write about and what people would find interesting. And so I'm really glad that I stepped out of my comfort zone and joined that group. 
And then this past weekend, there was a mini fringe in Orlando. We have a big fringe that happens in May, but they brought together a winter fringe. And so over the weekend, I went and saw four shows. Um, they were all very different. And I was, ex- I'd, I'd really hoped to have seen a one, I really wanted to see a one woman show, um, which I did, but it was not something that I would recreate because it was very sex focused, but not that it was bad, but it was just very intimate um, in terms of talking about sex. And then I saw a what I thought was a one man play, but it was actually two people doing a skit on Edgar Allan Poe. And then there was a one man show who did Tall Tales, which I won't lie, I got super confused and lost um, because I guess my brain doesn't function on Tall Tales. I was just very like, what? Um, And then I saw a a two man show, which was actually really cool. It was like a mock late night TV show, which I was like, wow, I could see myself doing that. Like that was something really cool and something up my alley. So it was really cool to go see the Fringe and see shows because again, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, like I've always wanted to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I've been deciding like, what could I go to do at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival if I don't go and do comedy? And so I've been trying to figure out other avenues. And so it was really cool to go see these plays. Um, and I'm looking forward to May so I can go see more one woman shows because I really want to see like, how does a woman kind of do a whole show by herself where she's acting out a whole scenario? So anyways, those were the things that I did to help me get closer to setting my goals for 2020. And I'd love to hear what you guys are doing to set your goals for 2020, or if you've already set them, what those goals are. But I really just wanted to share that with you because it's all about taking those baby steps. For me, these these two steps were really hard to take because, again, the fringe was on a Sunday and I hate going out on Sundays and putting on pants and like putting on a bra and then having to go out there and talk to people and mingle and all that stuff. But I have been making such a conscious effort this year to really just go back out there and step out there and try new things. And so I encourage you guys all to do the same. And I'd love to hear about it. So join our Facebook community and let us know what you're up to. You can do that at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash Facebook. This week, we are on part two of a two-part series with Jason Gregory. If you missed the first episode, I highly recommend you check it out. Jason Gregory had a childhood dream of working in film and TV. He went to college to pursue an undergraduate degree in film and media. Unfortunately, just like many of us, once he graduated from college, he needed money. So he went into advertising. He worked in advertising for years, selling ad spots, until one day he got laid off from his job. That's when he decided he wanted to set his own destiny. And so he started his own media shop, which was doing awesome. I mean, he had clients like the NBA and the Tom Joyner morning show. He was killing it. Until one day he woke up in his 40s and he decided, you know what? I still want to do film. I still want to be a writer. I still want to be a producer. I still want to direct. And so he decided to go get his MFA in film at the University of Central Florida. While he was there, he wrote Waking Up White, a TV pilot which has circulated through film festivals internationally and domestically, and he's won multiple screenwriting competitions with his TV pilot. He's now living his dream. He's a screenwriting professor at the University of Central Florida alongside producing more and more TV shows. So this week, we're going to continue our conversation with Jason Gregory all about getting an MFA, how to put together a great screenplay, and much more. If you missed episode one, a quick synopsis of episode one, Jason drops much advice for those of us who are interested in pursuing an MFA, TV writing, or even just creatives in general. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. So if somebody's not in school or doesn't have their own business, where would you suggest they go look for a mentor? 
Um, again, it depends on what they're looking to do. If, if they are serious about being a screenwriter, I would, you know, I, I, they have access to Google. I didn't have Google when I was in undergrad. <laughs> they can Google, you know, writers, you know, where they live, you know, see if there are any writers groups that they can join up and see if there are any, um, any, uh, in any films, any short films that are being created here that they can jump on. Um, there's a, an excellent organization here called the Orlando Independent Filmmakers, you know, run by Lenny and Sylvia LaRusso. And if you're serious about trying to hone your craft, you can link up with them. And I think the organization is about 3000 strong and they always get together and make short films. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people come in who didn't know anything about the film industry and they started working with them and now they're directing their own films. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you just have to know the hunger. I mean, and no matter where you live in, across the world, like there's meetup.com. So you can check that out. You can go on LinkedIn. Facebook has a lot of groups too. So check that out as well. I'll try to come up Absolutely. with some resources um, and put it in the show notes for you guys. But um, so I want to go back to, so you, you wrote this screenplay and then you made it a TV pilot. And since then you've, you've submitted it to a couple of festivals or competitions. What do you think is important when someone's writing to submit to competitions? Like what, what do you think has helped yours do so well? your pitch. You have to have a, a solid pitch and you have to have a solid log line. Um, I went to NAPP back in 2018, January 2018. That's the National Association of Television Producers and Executives. Look at you. Go on, Shireen. <laughs> I got I to know what you're talking about so my listeners know what you're talking about. <laughs> you just rattled it right off. There you go. This is all yes. pre-planned, guys, yes. to make me look smart. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all of that. Um, so I went there. I, you know, I I had finished writing the script. I wasn't going to go into, pre, uh, into production until June of 2018. This was January of 2018. And I went there with just a dream and um, started talking to folks. And I had a badge, and on my badge it said speaker, and at the bottom of it, it was purple. Um, so all the speakers have purple badges and the buyers, the media buyers, like your Hulu's, your Amazon's, you know, Netflix, all those folks, they had blue um, badges. So I guess people had been hitting them up the entire time that they were there. So they decided to go ahead and cover up their badges where, and you can only see the blue. So I would literally stand at the bottom of the elevator and wait for someone to come around the corner. They had a blue badge and I would make small talk with them, get them to lower their defenses, jump on the elevator with them and pitch them. Mm -hmm. I literally did elevator pitches. I probably did 20 a day while I was at Nappy and I was there for wow. three days. And every time I pitched them, um, I would, you know, I would talk to them and they say, Hey, so what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a writer. Uh, I, actually I'm a filmmaker. I'm a graduate student. And they say, Oh, okay. What are you working on? And a lot of times they, you know, they would be on their phone just looking at, you know, what's going on until they got to their floor. And I said, Oh, I'm work working on a television pilot called waking up white. And I would stop talking and I, I would watch their habit and they would put their phone away. And they say, really, tell me about it. And I'd say, well, it's about a black family that wakes up white one morning and they have 30 days to decide if they want to go back to their cultural roots or stick with the skin that they're in. And every time I gave that pitch, they would say, where can I see it? And I would tell them, unfortunately, we have not produced it yet. We won't. It, it, it goes into production in June. They would give me their business card and say, stay in touch. So you have to have a solid pitch and a solid log mm -hmm. line. And the log line is just pretty much a quick synopsis of what your what your story is about. It could be one one or two sentences, no more than that. Right. Okay. 
Very cool. So when you when you pitched it to these um, like we screenplay and screen screencraft, did you have to submit the the pilot as well, like the produced film, or just the write the script? No, just the script. Okay. For those that yeah, for for those two screenplay competitions, it was just the script. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to have a good logline and pitch as well. Absolutely, because if your logline sucks, no one's gonna no <laughs> one's gonna really care about the story. Because they're trying to they're trying to find the heart of the story in the logline. Okay, cool. I'm asking some of these questions out of my own. Uh, um, I, look at me with forgetting my words today, like out of my own curiosity, because I actually have I don't script write, I don't TV write, but I Issa Rae actually had a TV competition maybe two years ago or three years ago, and I was like adamant. I love Issa Rae, and if you don't know who Issa Rae is, I'm not you. I'm talking to the oh, yeah. system, I'm sure you know who Issa Rae is. Yeah. <laughs> she she writes and produces the show Insecure on HBO, and she's also got tons of other projects under her belt right now, where she actually had to take season four off. Like she's not producing Insecure for season four because she's got too many other things going on. Yeah, um, and she started her career with a web series called Awkward Black Girl. So smart, and, uh, so smart. Yeah, super smart. St- Stanford grad, super smart girl. And I was obsessed with her. Um, not anymore, but and I can tell you that later. But uh, okay. <laughs> she had this TV writing competition, and I was like, oh, I want to meet Issa Rae. I'm gonna write a TV write. I'm gonna write a TV script, and I actually made it to the semifinals. What? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And then I, and then she was like, I'm going to send you feedback because I think it has potential. And then I never heard from her. And then of course I never worked on the script again. Cause I was like, meh, I didn't get to meet her and she didn't send me feedback. So whatever. But you actually uh, heard from Issa Rae herself. Well, so what had happened was I did not hear from her directly, but I met her because then I did a comedy thing and HBO had me at an HBO party for their comedy competition and she happened to be there. So of course I tried to talk to her, but she was drunk and was like, I'm not going to talk to you. And then I (laughs) talked to her manager and her manager was like, I'm going to get you some time with her. And then she was like, I'm still drunk. What do you want? And I just told her what happened and how I really wanted feedback. And she was like, okay, I'm going to send you feedback and here's my card. And I emailed her card like 10 times, like a stalker that I am and never heard back from her. Let, let me tell you, some of those same people that I was on the elevator with right then and there said that they were going to call me and, or I, I followed up with them and never heard from them. And, mm-hmm. and I can't, and I can't be upset with them because they have so many people coming at them all the time. Oh, I'm sure. But they should just be honest then be like, I'm not really going to respond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You know, but on the, on the flip side, they probably don't want people saying that, Hey, they, they, they didn't get back to them. So, you know, they probably really just don't know what to say. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I just kind of was like, well, I'm over you now. Cause I literally busted my ass to get into your competition and win. And then I almost did. And then you dismissed me, but whatever. I'll be at the top one day. <laughs> I went at, I went to an event this past weekend. and was talking to some, uh, some celebrity type folks and they say, yeah, yeah, I'll be in touch. They're not going to be in touch. <laughs> you, know? you, you, you can almost, you know, tell, um, you know, once you get to a certain point and, and, and honestly, even in my position, and I feel bad about, about saying all this because I get so busy that sometimes I can't get back to people and I'll just let them know like, Hey, it's just not the right time. I, we, we can't do this project right now. And they're so passionate about their project, but I'm kind of like, while you're focused on that one project, I've already got two or three other projects in the pipeline that I'm working yeah. on. So I can't take, I can't stop my time to, to work on your project because it's going to slow my machine down. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Nope. I get you. And a lot of the creatives actually that I've interviewed have said the same, same thing, like that it, you have to realize how busy other people are when you're asking for help. So, I mean, it makes total sense, total sense. I'm still, I'm, I'm just one of those people who's like, you, do you not know who I am? <laughs> I'm a little brown girl. Do you, do you not know who I am? One day you're going to be like, I want her on my TV show. And I'm going to be like, no, Issa Rae, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can so see you on there. I can so see you on there. I, I think Insecure needs a brown girl. I just think it needs a little bit, like she needs a brown friend to kind of just be like, you know, introduce her to some new food and new cultures and stuff like that. But it's, it's the reverse friends. You <laughs> yes. know, friends never had, they had one black friend on there and that was what, who I used to tell her and that was like years later. <laughs> Was it Aisha Terrell? Was it Gab no? It was Gabrielle Union, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Gabrielle Union. Uh, I can't remember. I just know it was Ross's girlfriend, and she was way too pretty to be Ross's girlfriend. <laughs> right, exactly. And then you never saw her again, you know. So yeah, insecure is like the reverse friends. So I will be on there. So now, okay, what do you like doing better? Do you like writing or do you like producing, like filming? You know, it's a constant battle um, between producing and writing. I, I like directing. Directing is cool, but it's just it's one of those things where I could do it. I could not do it, but I can't I can't live without writing, writing and producing. The two of those go hand in hand because I love I love the business of show, which is the producing side. And I love the show business, which is the writing side. I love I just love both of them. So was it hard to take your to take your TV pilot and actually film it then? Um, no, because I knew it better than anybody else. Now, if I wanted to, you know, be a writer where I just wrote and just say, here, you got it. I wouldn't care less. You know, I, you know, I, I'm just, I, I'd just be a hired, a hired, you know, pen, you know, okay. I wrote something now it's yours. I'm done with it. But because I was so close to that, because, you know, this, this was actually an idea that I had before I had even started grad school. Like I had come up with this idea probably early 2016, late 2015, but I had no idea what I was going to do with it. And my wife and I actually, we shot a, a short film version of this that no one will ever see. It will never see the light of day because <laughs> it was just that bad. Um, and I, and I, I submitted that to get into film school because I had to show them what my idea was all about because they couldn't understand it because they kept thinking, okay, well, this black family is going to wake up and white face. I was like, nope, that's not going to happen. Brand new characters, brand new actors. So to answer your question, yeah, I, I love writing and producing more than I do directing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I use the words, I hate producing because that's finding money, right? Oh, I love, I love asking people. For oh, really? money. Again, I come from a, I come from a radio background. I come from a sales background, you know, so I have no problem asking people for money. Uh, I need you on my team. <laughs> that is like the worst thing. Right. I'm so bad at it. I'm like, Oh, so you want me to perform? Okay. And then I have a, and I shouldn't say this on, on my podcast, but I have, I have an email address from my boyfriend that I then use to negotiate the contracts because yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be the one who has to talk about money. So I pretend I'm him and have him ask for the money. <laughs> you have to, you have to. I, when, when I first started with my business, I had, I always had a, a vice president of finance that would always follow up with people and just say, your, your invoice is outstanding for by mm -hmm. 30 days. When can we expect payment? <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yeah. But I'm just bad at it. Plus I also find that if a man asks for money, they pay high, higher rate and faster. So 
That's why I signed my emails as Matt and not myself. <laughs> there you go. That's smart. That's very smart. And, and it's sad that you have to do that, but it's smart. You you understand the game. Yeah. So it, would you suggest, would you say that if you wanted to be a TV writer or a screenwriter, do you suggest that someone also knows how to direct films and TV shows as well? I think it's an added benefit. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, you can come in with an extra skill set because a lot of TV writers don't worry about that. They're, they're like, I don't want to direct. I just want to run the show. I just I just want to write. I want to I want to you know flush out these characters and stuff like that. And then you have people who just want to do nothing but direct. Um, and, and, and that's OK. You know, but again, if you are a if your first passion is writing and then um, uh, you're someone who can also direct, I think it's an added bonus. Mm hmm. Interesting. So now you're a faculty member. What yes. are what are some of the fears, like common fears you see your students grappling with? Um, getting into, um, I guess, getting into act two, um, like trying to figure out exactly what that inciting incident is. What's that that big incident that can happen that that catapults us into act two so that you can start all the mess in act two, you know, because in act two, that's where you have all the complications, the conflict, you know, all of that stuff. And then, you know, as you get to the end of act two, you start to have the resolution and come out and then in act three, you kind of have the, you know, the core resolution and the conclusion. So in order to, to get all of that, you have to understand what your motivation is in act one and talk about, you know, what, what's a uh, show, what's going to happen to them in act two. So yeah, that, that's mostly it. Yeah. But, but I, th I think that's a common struggle for a lot of people. Like they have a great idea and people will always come up to me. Oh my God, my life can be a film. My life can be a TV show. And it's like, <laughs> how? Tell me, tell mm -hmm. me, well, this happened today. I went to go get coffee and you know, somebody almost ran into me. Okay. And, and what was the conflict? Okay. Tell me well, what else happened? You know, did, 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 did you guys, you know, cuss each other out? Like what happened? Like, give me more. I need, I need more meat. Um, so yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, so wrapping up, what advice do you have for creatives trying to make it either just in the entertainment business as a creative or in screenwriting? You can answer whichever one. Um, well, hopefully that this one answer will, will sum up both of them. Uh, you know, find, find a crew that you can work with. You know, uh, if you're a writer, find someone who wants to direct. If you're, if you have someone who wants to direct, find someone who wants to produce, you know, if you have some, you know, some actors, you know, uh, find your crew where y'all, you can put something together yourself and, and go out and try and sell it instead of just saying, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer, you know, write it, so, and then have other people film it and act it out so that the person that you're trying to, you know, get their attention, they can see exactly what your vision is. Because sometimes people don't have time to read scripts anymore. So if you can give them, you know, something visual that they can, you know, and they can get an idea of what your story is about, that that's even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's actually interesting you said that. And I can't remember what episode of this podcast I interviewed Abi Varghese and he actually filmed, he actually filmed his entire um, series. He created a TV show called Brown Nation and he filmed all the episodes and then he went and pitched it to Netflix. And he said, you can buy, I think it was 10 or 12 episodes. You can, I'm selling you these or I'm pitching you these 10 or 12 episodes already filmed. Like you don't have to spend a dime doing it. That's um, awesome. That is so, so that, smart. And how did he get to Netflix? 
Uh, that was interesting. I can't, I, this sounds so bad. I can't remember. You're going to have to go and listen to the episode. Yep. I will do that. I will do that. <laughs> That's a teaser. I, I actually yeah. remember, but you should still go listen. But even, uh, Stefan, who I interviewed a couple weeks ago, um, see you yesterday. He had already filmed it. Um, I love actually, that no, film. I, think he, I love he, that film. He'd only filmed the short. I think, I think he took the short with him when he pitched to Netflix. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, that, yeah. That's then, a great uh, film. Yvonne Orji actually did that. So Yvonne Orji is a woman on Insecure. She actually filmed a trailer for her pilot to pitch to HBO. Okay, good. And, and see, again, yeah, they got an idea of what she was talking about. Exactly. And it was funny because I, from, from what I remember hearing about it, like nobody was interested in it, but then it went viral. And then HBO was like, let me see it. Wow. That's good. So, that's good. Yeah. So you have, that is good advice. Like it definitely definitely worth putting in the time and effort to make it into a film or a short, a teaser. Would you say going all the way back now, would you say do it, if you wanted to be a screenwriter or a director, do you think an MFA is, is useful? Not if you, well, yes and no. Um, not if you want to direct, but if you want to write, yes, I would say, because you need to make sure that you understand story structure. And there are a lot of, of, of programs that you can sign up for online that would teach you about story structure. And, and, and you know, you have one on one communication with your professor, um, you know, through, you know, the, I guess through whatever channel that is. Um, but directing, I, I kind of think that, you know, if you you look at enough YouTube videos or you take a you know, you, you kind of get an idea of what you want to do. Now, if you're talking about cinematography, you know, you, you really do need to take a lot of classes for that because you have to make sure you know the right aperture and everything, lighting, all of that stuff. But directing, you know, sometimes I think it's just like really ingrained in you, you know, um, you, you, maybe, maybe you shadow someone, you know, find, find someone uh, who's already directing that can mentor you, you know, something like that. But that writing, nothing happens without that script, without that idea, that I, that script is the blueprint for whatever the director is going to put on that film. Hey, it's me, Shreen. Sorry to interrupt. Creative Breakthrough listeners, are you enjoying this episode? If so, I have a quick favor. Could you leave us a review, whether on Apple, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're listening from? It's a great way to pay it forward and let other creatives know about the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, I'll get back to the original interview now. Thanks. Bye. Interesting. Now my now my now my director friends are gonna be pissed with me, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We're just gonna watch YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Is there anything that we did not touch upon? Anything that you you want to share with our listeners? Any advice? Last minute thoughts? You know, uh, last minute thoughts. Just you know, fail your way to success. You know, I started grad school late in life, and I think it's the best thing that could have happened to me. You know, the experiences that I go through right now wouldn't have had those experiences had I gone. To grad school or had I, you know, completed grad school, you know, earlier, um, you know, again, fail your way to success. Don't be afraid of making, taking those calculated risks. Now, if you got a mortgage and, you know, responsibilities and all that stuff, again, your calculated risks, you know, you have to really, you know, weigh that option a lot, a lot more than someone who's in their early 20s. But, you know, don't be afraid. You, you, and I hate using this cliche, but it is what it is. You know, you're never too old. You know, if you can't afford to go back to school, 
check out some of those YouTube videos, you know, check out, you know, go to screencraft.com, go to screen, um, uh, screenwritingonline.com, you know, take some of those classes and get a better idea uh, of the type of writer or even director that you want to be. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you're never too old. I think sometimes a lot of us creatives feel like we've passed that we've passed that moment in our life. And now it's like, we'd be silly to go and pursue this, this creative passion that we had. And so you're just a living, you're a living uh, legend in terms of like, not only did you go back to school, like you've, you have been so successful and you found a new career path. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was the old man in the class. I, <laughs> <laughs> the the younger folks I would call I would call them my short term memory uh, you know say, what what did they say all right hold on tell me that again break it down you know but again you know people who are in their early twenties and you know even in their forties and fifties we have we now have access to this thing called the internet you know YouTube Google all of that stuff research what you want to do you know unfortunately when when I was younger we didn't have all of that you know but now you have access to it so now there's no excuse. No, there definitely isn't. That's actually how I learned how to write a screenplay. I, uh, when I wanted to enter this competition, I only had two months. So I signed up for an eight week course. It was free. It was on Coursera.org. Yeah. Yep. And literally every week they gave me homework to do and I would do it and ta-da, wrote a screenplay. Like you can learn anything on the internet these days. You can. That's awesome. Even how to make bombs, but we won't do that. <laughs> hey, listen, that's racist to say that to me. <laughs> no, oh my God, no, I didn't even think about that. No, 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 I don't want to be racist. No. I'm just playing. <laughs> no, you could have used any other example. <laughs> no. Okay, let's one uh, chance. One chance. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's switch gears and go into the lightning round. The lightning round. I am going to ask you five questions, rapid fire, and you just tell me the first thing that you think of. Okay. Okay. One. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Best piece of advice. Um, just just keep at it. Don't stop. What's your definition of success? Um, being happy with what you made and uh, being, being satisfied with, with your project. Who inspires you and why? Um, a, a lot of people, um, you know, of, of course, Tyler Perry right now for opening up his, you know, his, his, you know, compound, you know, his, his <laughs> uh, 12 soundstage studio, um, Spike Lee, you know, because as a child, I always, you know, instead of being like Mike, I always said I wanted to be like Spike and, um, you know, down to, you know, people like, you know, my wife, you know, and she inspires me, you know, she's, you know, held it down for so long. And, uh, you know, and now that has, you know, provided me the opportunities that I have. That's awesome. What's a habit that's helped you on your journey? Uh, a habit that has helped me on my journey, just consistently writing consistently talking to characters or my characters talking to me. So do you have conversations in your head? All the time, all the time. (laughs) You have to, you have to, you know, once your characters start talking back to you, then you know that you're on to something. What do you want your legacy to be? Um, That not only did he try to, you know, to, you know, to better himself, but he tried to better others. You know, I, I, I pride myself on um, always saying that I, I promote people and projects and I like promoting people more because I really want to see them get to the next level and then hire me. I, yes. I love that. I love, I love it when creatives are 
are not afraid of other creatives being successful because there's there's just room for all of us to play in the space. Like we're all so different with different stories um, that we can all learn from each other. So I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're doing that with your with your podcast right now. I mean, this is an amazing platform where you get to bring on other creatives to help you know promote themselves. And by doing this, you promote yourself. Exactly. This and it's, great. we're helping, we're helping people. Um, because we're, we're, we, we know that if we, we help each other, that's the only way we're, we're going to get it to the top. It's what's the, what's the phrase? Oh my God, I should not do interviews this late at night, but, um, it's like the, you're climbing each other's back to get to the top and that's the only way we're going to get there. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I forgot what the I'm phrase is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Jason, if our listeners wanted to find you online, where could they do that? Um, if they want to check out my project, they can go to wakingupwhite.com or at least check out the trailer. The project is making its rounds on the film festival circuit right now, so we can't put it out there. But you can connect with me on Facebook at Waking Up White also or Instagram at J J A Y D like David Greg G R E G. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Shireen. It's, it's, it's been a great time. I really love this. I hope to come back on one day, hopefully when I get a deal. Yes. No, we, I love doing those little updates with people. So yes, we're going to keep you in our thoughts and prayers that you make it big and that you don't forget about me so that you do come back. <laughs> I, uh, never, never that, never that. You're always going to be with me. Yeah, right. You're going to be like, I'll call you back. And then it's going to be the same conversation where I never hear from you. <laughs> be like, girl, we got to talk in three years. I got other projects right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been so much fun, Jason. I'm glad we finally connected. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Shereen. I love everything about this interview. I love that Jason went after his dreams. I love that he didn't let his age stop him. And I love that he was able to shift his career path. I love how he went from working at a media house to being a screenwriting professor. I mean, he came full circle from his childhood dreams. Even in college, he had these dreams and he had to put them on hold for years, but he still came back to them. And it just goes to show you life is Life is what you want to make of it. You can pivot anytime you want and you can go after your dreams. So key takeaways from Jason Gregory. One, you're never too old to pursue your dreams. Two, the older you are, the more life experience you will have to draw from. And I think this is in any creative field, not just film writing or script writing. It's also in comedy. It's also in writing books. And everything you do, the more experiences you have, the more you have to draw on. And it's the same thing when I went to business school. A lot of people go to business school or grad school right after they graduate undergrad. And people say, no, get work experience, get life experience, because then you can actually draw on those in your exercises, in your class, and in your projects. Three, there are many free options to learn and study on the internet. So even if you don't have the funds to go back to grad school or get an MFA, go on the internet and look for these free classes. And I've also put some free resources in the show notes, which you can get to at creativebreakthroughpodcast.com. Four, keep at it. Don't stop. Five, take calculated risks. And six, be consistent. Thank you guys all so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks. Again, feel free to join our Facebook group. Send me any questions, email, slide into my DM. You can find me anywhere at funnybrowngirl.com. Take care and be safe. Now go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thanks for listening. Stay connected about upcoming resources, including opportunities, festivals, competitions, and grants to help you grow your creative passion by subscribing to my bi-monthly newsletter 
by visiting funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. Don't miss out on a life-changing opportunity and subscribe today at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And hey, if you decide to go on Instagram today, follow me. I'm Funny Brown Girl. I'm Shereen Kassam, and you've been listening to Creative Breakthrough. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning.